with a hot topic in the black community. You know, we're all about debriefing the culture, and we wanted to talk about. I'm your co-host, the Doc Fresh, unapologetically representing all that I am, having a chance to stand on the shoulders of many to help out many more to come. Poetic, I like it. And I'm your co-host, Brie Neal, aka the Critical Care Nurse, putting my stethoscope down to dive into the most important thing and the thing that I enjoy the most, and that's black culture. Okay. All right. All right. We're back. We in here. Yo, last time we were on this podcast, there was two things that are different now. Number one. We are married. Number two. We have a baby. And not in that order. <laughs> Tracks. <laughs> but both for here. Yeah, and it's it's, it's a fun thing. It's a, oh, man, it's a blessing. For sure. So, we wanted to crank this thing back up because we have been talking about it. And it was like, why not? We're back. I just had to say that. (laughs) Do you, boo-boo? Do you? So today we wanted to hop back in this thing with a hot topic in the black community. You know we're all about debriefing the culture. And we wanted to talk about... Prime time. (laughs) Deion Sanders and this whole conversation between PWIs, HBCUs, loyalty, and... Like, what are our thoughts? That's a good way to put it. PWIs, HBCUs. I mean, I was told once you go to HBCUs, you don't go back. Okay, because I can just take that and run with it. But I, I have not attended an HBCU, um, so I can't really agree or disagree with that. Yeah, I was more so referring to, like, going through a doctoral program. And I know this isn't a doctoral program we're discussing, but there's some relevance. I'm going to connect the dots. Okay, we hold no. That to ever own lasting hand. What's the church song, the gospel song? You would know better than I would. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, so oftentimes they would say your first job shouldn't be an HBCU job because once you go into the HBCU ranks, from a faculty standpoint, it'd be hard to go to a PWI. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, now knowing what I know is a lie, but at that time, I thought it was true. So I was trying to hustle backwards. I'm like, man, I'm going to go to the PWI, work really hard, get my credentials up, and then I can go to HBCU. And if things don't occur in the way in which I desire, I can always go back. But I always thought about that. But anyway, yeah, we're talking about prime time. I just want to put that plug in. That's interesting. And let me just say, I'm almost done with my doctoral program. So don't be talking like it's just, it's about higher education. Burr, 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 burr. Mm. Almost done. No, you don't get to take my sound. Because hey. you called it lame in the last podcast. It's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> what are you talking about? You almost done. It was a marathon, not a sprint. And no, it was. It ain't been no sprint. For, who, how you gonna tell me what it was? You, I've been right here with you. 
you, but you wasn't running the race. Since, I can't. I can ride a bike while you running a race. That doesn't mean I know what it feels like. But if you're on the outside looking in, you have the opportunity to view what's going on day in and day out. And yeah. Make an informed opinion. But your glasses can be cloudy. Defrost. I've never seen glasses with defrost. But anyways, I, okay. I look. Watch Family Matters to see her perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Generational thing. You know, you're in a different generation than me, so. That's probably why I don't know. Anyways, come on. Let's get back on topic because we're not going to have a long podcast. They don't want to hear this. They came to hear about Deion Sanders because that's what it says in the topic. Um, so here, here's what I have to say. Again, my perspective is only from my two feet, my ten toes. I can't say that it's the end all be all, but here's what I think. Deion Sanders gave a lot of people hope, especially in the HBCU Department. <laughs> in the HBCU family. Department works as well, but sorry. Sorry that I, I don't talk the HBCU, way you talk. Well, HBCUs are entire like organization, but HBCU is just in one, it isn't a single institution. You know what I'm saying? What makes you think I don't know that? Because you said department. Department is not just a department. I was just saying the collective. I, I mean, I, anyways. So I feel like the HBCU family is not happy with him because they thought he was going to be in for the quote unquote long haul. And it's the similar uproar that I feel like people felt when Kevin Durant made his decision. <laughs> everybody was pissed at him they were like how could you leave like you're supposed to be loyal and first thing is first I feel like people don't put themselves in the shoes of the individual who has to make the decision because if it was them their livelihood their family their legacy they would often in my opinion make the same decision but also I find fault in loyalty I find that people are loyal to a to a detrimental end like they they're detrimentally loyal you just want to be loyal just because you're supposed to be loyal and here's the thing that I have to say there's people there's alumni of HBCUs I was close to what Fisk University when I went to Cumberland University I was close to TSU Tennessee State University and you got all the alum and it's fun but at the end of the day what's the number one stigma about HBCUs in this current moment it's the lack of funding. And for everyone to be so excited about HBCUs and the loyalty, their alum aren't pulling through how Deion Sanders pulled through in three years. So how can you be mad at him for building exposure by putting them on ESPN, putting them in places that they haven't been in the position to be, and now deciding that he wants to change his trajectory in his career while also fulfilling a promise that he made. He did expose them. He put his own money, half of his salary, I think, went to the football field. Like, I mean, the football um, facility. That's crazy. He didn't have to do that. And they're still ungrateful. That's what I'm talking about. People still, you can give them your life and they still be ungrateful. Yeah, I mean, some parts I agree. Some parts don't agree. And the reason why I say that is because from an agreement standpoint, I do believe that Dion situated 
Jackson State University in a way that's never been like on a on a national wide presence before. Uh, from ESPN to College Game Day, going there, like the exposure that he gave that university, but also HBCUs in general. In general, sorry, um, it was second to none. In addition to that, Dion recruited in a way that was unprecedented as it relates to HBCUs as well. Many five-star, four-star, and just really allowed young men and their families to believe in, regardless of what institution that you're at, you know, so you're going to be seen and you can make it to the next level if that's your desire. And Dion did that. I was reading it, I don't know how true it is, but when he first got there, you know, he let them know that it, it wouldn't be like a forever stop. Like, his opportunity to come to Jackson State um, and be uh, something that hasn't been there before uh, was an opportunity. He he thrives on opportunities. You think about his playing days. You think about playing baseball national, uh, in the MLB as well as the NFL and, and just doing things that have ne- never been done before. That's what he seeks to do. Um, He's a he's a changed agent in, in that regards, and I think Dion, I think the hope was there. I do agree with that, um, but I also think that he controlled the narrative, and the way he provided to these schools um, was the opportunity to be seen. And then from that, and he said it, you know, in the coaching business, if he wants to be the best at coaching, um, either you elevate or you get terminated. I think that's relevant at all aspects of life. So with Dion, I think that the Colorado job, I honestly think he could have held out for a better job, in my opinion. Um, but when I looked at Colorado, I think they were like, they won a couple games this year, the bottom of the conference. Uh, so it was only a, only up from there. So maybe he looked at it from a standpoint of he can improve it far beyond uh, his current status. I will say, though, that I hope Dion laid a good foundation for the next coach to come. And that it just wasn't a rah-rah. They did go undefeated this past year. Um, but allowed a pipeline to begin so individuals can kind of see the value of HBCUs, not only within the football program, but as you begin to navigate the academic side of the house, how they prepare students, uh, just not for the present, but also just for life in general. So, you know, I think... You know, they often say if, if, if you're doing something you believe in and everyone supports it, then you're actually not doing anything. So him having this divide of supporters and haters uh, means he's moving in the direction. He, you know, he's making moves. That's kind of how I looked at it. Where did you not dis- Where did you not agree? I'm confused. Uh, the false hope standpoint. I don't think he gave anyone, like, false hope. Like, from his perspective. I don't think he came in uh, seeking for them to believe in something more than what he was actually saying was going to occur. I don't think I said that. I thought you said he gave him false hope. We have to hit the rewind, but I'm pretty sure you said he gave him false hope. No. We'll go back and listen to it. We'll rewind the tape. This is perfect. Listen, if you want to like, I, I just realized like the purpose of this podcast is to prove to you that the stuff that you be thoughts thinking mm-hmm. that I said, I didn't say. Because yeah, we can literally, we can literally verbatim hear the words that came out of my mouth Thanks. Um, and your your memory be real foggy and you be you have selective hearing so 
I'm just glad that it's on tape now. I feel like we should walk around the house with like recorders. So as soon as you, you're like, oh, I thought you said this. I could be like, nope, pause. That, that reminds have you seen the commercial where you have the opportunity to throw a challenge flag? No. And they go back and rewind it. Yeah, it's like that. We like, should have that. Like, like, and they bring in a, like the TV screen or whatever and they rewind it. And the, the dad was wrong and the son was right. In this right, instance, so. it would be the wife is right and the husband's wrong. I mean, on the next podcast, we'll be able to let the uh, listeners know <laughs> what, what happened. I'm about to see viewers, but can't nobody see us. Yeah, they don't want to see me right now because, y'all, it is 9.38 past my bedtime. We had to wait until Zoe, our beautiful daughter, went to bed <laughs> to record this podcast. Um, On the kind of subject of this I don't know if you've heard about this it was um I found it in one of my emails from um because of them we can I don't know if you heard about the floating freedom school I, uh, I know the email you're referring to but I get a chance to read that link yeah that's the story so learn me something and that's the story of our life I'm always sending you something and you don't reply back that's crazy so real quick, <laughs> you know I can hear you, right? Oh, my bad. Okay, so I'm going to make it real quick. We're going to link this website um, and this article in our show notes because I'm not here to give you a whole history lesson, but I do want to throw a pearl at you. So if you want to Google it or see it, then kind of stick with me. Sorry, y'all. I'm still getting used to the microphone. The new setup. <laughs> So, John Barry Meacham, his name is spelled M-E-A-C-H-U-M for those who are listening and want to look it up. But don't look it up until I'm done talking because don't be disrespectful. Um, Basically, he was a slave. He was born in the 1700s, I want to say. I want to be related to Meachie. He, <laughs> shout out to Meachie. He was born in 1789 um, and he was born in Virginia. He was a slave and end up um, in the slave partnership. I know that sounds crazy, right? Like in the partnership he had with his owner, is, they is taught it him. Is to say everyone born in 1700 that was black was a slave? He wasn't a slave for long. Oh. But also he was actually, he was a free individual in the 1800s, so. I guess which you like Frederick Douglass or somebody. Okay, anyways, let me tell you the story. So 1789, he was born and in this partnership with his slave owner, they taught him skills like carpentry, um, and taught him how to read and write and all of these things, which was kinda abnormal at the time. He even made his way um moving city to city with his slave owner and they stopped here in Kentucky. Um, eventually making their way he made his way to St. Louis and um, when he was in St. Louis, he found this missionary, this white man who um, had a school that he taught Native Americans. And so he kind of had a conversation with him and said, hey, this is needed for us black folk. So what you going to do? And he was like, I agree. So let's do it. So he became an ordained minister and um, started hosting classes at his church. And um, in Missouri, a little bit after this started, they kind of banned education for black folks, right? So he decided, oh, hell no, not on my watch, Mr. White Man. That's what he said. It was like in quotations. 
Um, <laughs> but seriously, he was like, no, I'm not doing this. Um, so he ended up building physically and um, contributing with books and stuff from other allies, which is why it's important to have allies. Um, books donated to this freestanding boat that was on the river outside of the Missouri state line where he had a free freedom, um, a freedom school. And so it kind of floated on the Mississippi river and, um, he ended up educating a lot of slaves at that time who, um, and I forgot to say this, that he bought out his freedom. So he made enough money to buy his own freedom, his father's freedom, his wife's freedom. And eventually he started paying for other individuals freedoms. And I think up to a hundred people, um, he bought their freedom. But what happened is as he bought their freedom and educated them, they would repay him so that he could buy someone else's freedom. Literally, it's crazy. Yeah, so it was. It's just a story to kind of keep in mind because we hear about like the HBCUs and we hear about like education. And this is a man who single handedly dedicated his life to educating us black people. And you know, I kind of just want to bring it home. I was, I am a first generation um, college grad, period, and now first generation. Um, with a graduate degree, now a terminal degree here in a few months, I will be Dr. Craddock. I'll be the Dr. Craddock. <laughs> yeah, everybody know I'm laughing too. Yeah, okay. We'll see. We'll see who's like, I'm the real doctor in this house. So anyways, um, I'll be the first um, graduate terminal degree individual who has been successful in my family. And whether it was PWI, I, whether it was HBCU, the point is that there was somebody who laid the foundation for me. Mm-hmm. And it could have been, you know, Mr. Meacham, it could have been whomever. But I do think that there's a place for Meacham, um, Deion Sanders to make history, to just kind of be a stepping stone for the next person. And I'm hoping that what Deion Sanders did was place, like you said, a a stepping stone for the next individual and I hope it's inspiring to other individuals because everybody has the capability all I mean everybody all these athletes these retired athletes that may or may not want to coach that are just kind of chilling that are thinking about like you have the opportunity there's really nothing to lose he had nothing to lose um by going there and he built something up that someone else can take and put on their back and kind of continue. And this can be a cycle of maybe not staying there for 15, 20 years, but slowly rebuilding the HBCUs that we knew it to be where the higher end um, intellectuals attended for that kind of upper enchilant um, deal. So I'm hoping that's what happens. And I'm personally not mad at Deion Sanders. I, I, I still find him to be authentic in my eyes. I don't know him personally, so I can't tell you, but it seems authentic. And I'm hoping that he is showing his capabilities of building another program, even though it's a PWI and hopefully kind of pushing the, um, the limits and, and still introducing us black folks to Colorado and building something on the staff in the faculty, whatever it is with exposure and kind of translating that HBCU. Let's get some majorettes. Can we get some majorettes there? You know what I mean? Maybe, man. We have a nice little dance team or something. Um, but I'll I, I say the same, bro. First, thank you for sharing that knowledge. Um, it's huge. 
in addition to that, I agree with you on that standpoint. Like, you know, I don't know Dion personally either, but I feel like he's positioned himself to make a change at Colorado, at Delaware, at whatever case may be, wherever he, you know, puts his Louisville. feet at. Louisville. Dang, Colorado, man, we so just missed my man. fast, man. But, you know, I, I think Dion's going to be okay. Um, I think that he's going to build a staff that supports his vision. Um, and they're going to execute on the field. You know, he's going to get players that believe in him and believe in the process. And from there, we'll just see what happens. So best of luck with him. And, you know, so continue to be great. You know, Dion's, he he's accomplished a lot in his life. And I think that continue to happen, you know. And I think the more people understand that the decisions that people make, regardless of you, you disagree or agree with them, just look at the impact that they're having and making those decisions mm-hmm. and then judge it from that. So, you know. That's all good. Let's, let's keep doing what we're doing. Keep being great. Because my baby say, dad, dad, great. She mommy, said, great. daddy, great. Daddy, great. She do say, daddy, great. I'm like, it's all great. It's like, mommy, great. It's like, she's great. She's great. Baby, great. I don't think she go that far, baby. I think you just, oh, I've never heard it. But that's it. It was really good to be back on this podcast with you. Let's go. We're Let's, here. We're ho- supposed to start a minute. So hopefully, how often are we giving this podcast? Man, we out here people? once a week, man. Oh. That's what we do. Wow. Okay. Ambitious. That is ambitious. Optimistic. Yeah, you're painfully optimistic, but that's neither here nor there. Shout out to Dez. Good game. Lead to the L. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Knowledge is a blessing. And blessings are meant to be shared. Crowd out. Ow! Did you just fart? <laughs> Adios, y'all.